It's time for episode 453 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM. Recorded Wednesday, June 1st, 2022. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast where time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. My name is Dan Moore, and I'm joined across the internet by my good friend, my pal, my co-host, my dungeon buddy. It's Micah Sargent. How are you doing today, Micah? I'm doing well, Dan. I, uh, I too, keep slipping, slipping, slipping <laughs> into the future, well, I- <laughs> and it's weird, but we do it. If I may give you a piece of advice, it is fly like an eagle. Uh, <laughs> this is, of course, the show where we invite on two fantastic guests to talk about four tech topics. To my left this week, it is a uh, a writer and a podcaster at such fine shows as The Rebound. That's it. That's the best. That's the show. <laughs> the best. Well, yeah, of the and, show. Then, and then there's there's another one. There's but another one. As far as, as far as fine shows go, just yeah, the just the Rebound for fine shows. It's John Moltz. Hi, John. Well, Dan, I only get to talk to you twice a week, so I'm glad to get to talk to you a third time. Three days in a row. Interesting, Dan, to know you're cheating on me. (laughs) I I thought we talked multiple times a week when I have you on my Twit podcast. Hey, I gotta go. (laughs) (laughs) While we get that sorted out, I'll talk about the guest to my left, who's quickly replacing Dan in my heart. Oh, I kid. But it is uh, the business unicorn herself, the delightful laugher, the Conduit FM podcast host and you know what frankly just an all-around prolific podcast host it's kathy campbell welcome back kathy hi micah i'm so excited to be your new best friend will we be dungeon buddies <laughs> we will you know what we are dungeon that's buddies true. we are fine that's one of the podcasts that i do yay micah's my bestie anyway <laughs> i'm gonna get this show started let me kick it off are we, we forming teams is that what we're <laughs> doing yes, yes. <laughs> team one yes. i yeah, okay. i always right. get picked last uh all right let me kick this off wwdc is coming next week and i want to know what's one improvement to an Apple software platform that you would like to see announced, John Maltz. Uh, I think the biggest thing that Apple could improve kind of across the board, like all of them, is to turn the dial down a bit on the opaqueness of how things work. Mm. I, this is a thing that I recently learned, and that is that on iPad OS, you can move things in and out of the split view and um, from within the app switcher so you swipe up to get the app switcher and then if you you can either you can hold down an app that you want to move into another you know into split view with another app by just pulling it over on top of that app and then more importantly to me as i almost never want split view and sometimes get stuck in it by accident you can hold and drag an app out of split view now maybe this was demoed as part of ipad os at a keynote at some point but i don't think i should have to go back and watch entire keynotes in order to figure these things out apple likes to keep things clean and that sometimes means that it makes things less obvious and assuming that you're you know they assume that you're going to figure it out because oh it's so intuitive and this might have worked really well on mac os 6 but uh sometimes so i mean but now again now software has gotten you know much more complex these days and finding those interactions is a lot harder and uh the another example is the uh, login messages i you know get into my mac and for some reason every once in a while like a login message pops up and it doesn't say exactly why it's asking me to log in it'll say log into the app store or it'll say log into music and why it doesn't say why and it it's aggravating because i want to know why (laughs) 
And I want to make sure that I'm not getting, you know, spoofed or something. You know, I, I like I don't mm-hmm. like dialogue boxes that just jump up and and demand login credentials. That that seems insecure to me. So I would like a little bit more clarity of uh, things in general. I really like that. Um, I, I want to double down on it, honestly, because some sort of better troubleshooting that could take place across devices would be fantastic. Uh, my partner has an iPhone, whatever the most current one is, uh, mini, and uh, I guess iPhone 13 mini. And there have been a few situations lately that have just been wild. Uh, there's this, there's this one thing where his phone will, uh, go from being all, like the LED backlight will be on and then suddenly it will just shut off instead of dimming and then shutting off. And it's random when it does it. And so it's just odd and that it'll just flash off. And then if you touch the screen, then it turns back on again. And of course, we've checked the settings, all of that stuff. Um, and then it's also doing a lot of freezing and pausing now um, in the middle of of different things that he's doing. And then my Mac, um, I was having all sorts of issues with audio stuff, and I knew to launch the console and look at some of the messages that were pouring in, but those messages are very difficult to decode and translate into something that is actually understandable. And I think that, what th- would you talk about that opaqueness, there is this level of obscurity between you and the, the, the stuff that's going on in an mm-hmm. attempt to make things easier, but in making things easier, it makes it more difficult for people who do know a little bit about what they're doing to try and diagnose the problem. So, yes, I am also putting out a call for a little bit uh, more clarity on what's going on, when things are wrong, and how we can you know, better solve those things. Kathy, what about you? I'm going to triple down on your stuff and I'd love to, (laughs) but what I'd love to see is Siri involved. So you can say, Hey, dingus, why, why does my phone keep giving me screenshots? And then Siri would come on and say, well, it turns out that you have the accessibility tap feature on the back. Here, that was be my click guess. this link. <laughs> click this I link scary. to go into settings, and you can, you know, that's change cool. it. You yeah. know, something like that. Let's utilize the software that's built into the system to do things that can help people instead of having to try and randomly like Google it and hope that the help article a has answers and b has answers for the software version that you're on hmm. those are good i mean i was just gonna say uh, more emoji tap backs but you guys have really taken this in a different direction <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, are you gonna I, quadruple down dan <laughs> you know what i have to now i feel the peer pressure but here's here is my spin on this is like i want this with the with the, I want the network services version of this across the platforms because I use iCloud a lot. And the most frustrating thing is when something doesn't sync correctly across your devices and you're sitting there going, oh, oh yeah. why won't this file show up? Or why can't I airdrop this thing? Or recently an issue where I've had oh. where I've looked up, I've been trying to pay, pull up web pages that I know I've looked at either in the history 
or on another device. Yes. And it like one of my my iPads like, oh, you've never been to that page. I can't find what you're talking about. I'm like, but yeah. you you can tell me what's on all my other devices. I've never met you before. Yeah. I'm sorry. Who are yeah. you? Yeah. Who are you? It, it pops up one of those login things. John keeps asking about. Uh, and I just get very frustrated because like the only solution is like nuke it basically, like turn it off and turn it on again. And it's like, come on, it's 2022. We should be past the point where you have to turn things off and turn them on again to make them work. Why not a button that you can press somewhere that's just like, you know what? Re, like force resyncing all of this stuff or something like that. You know, work out the sync. Just a big red button that says like fix my sync issues that you can just hit. That's what I want. Uh, I mean, also more emoji tap backs, tap backs. But you know, <laughs> I, I like the small things. Anyway, thank you all for your thoughts on that. I'm sure Apple will promptly do everything that we asked at WWDC. So I look forward to that. Let's go to our second topic, which comes from John. Do you have any technology-themed art in your home? Sadly, no. I I think about the office. uh, So I work for Twit, and at the office, we've got lots of different technology-themed art, um, including a few of those those little shadow boxes that have uh, phones that are all deconstructed and stuff inside, and a bunch of old computers. I always walk past those and think, oh, man, it'd be cool to have one or, you know, a few of those at home. Uh, But all of the artwork that I have, um, somebody got it in... Somebody got it in their head, uh, was it last year, um, that because I really liked Grogu, um, <laughs> that I was uh, just, you know, e- everything I wanted was Grogu. And so there's actually a mm-hmm. uh, sort of canvas print on my wall in my office, um, sort of out of line of sight of the main living space that has Grogu on it. So I'm looking over and look, it brings me delight. I'm happy about it. Um, and then paintings and things like that, but nothing that's uh, technology themed. Kathy, what about you? Okay. I was going to say no. And then I realized that I have nine pieces of art that are podcast related. <laughs> and I have that counts. the uh, calendar from the great Stephen Hackett that has technology oh, yeah. in it. So um, yes, Actually, I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have, de- depending on how broad you go here. So I have in the back of my office, I have a letterpress print of The Incomparable made by Glenn Fleischman, um, which I've had nicely framed and is a beautiful. It's got a Zeppelin on it and uh, a robot. Uh, I have a couple framed pictures of uh, the, including one from the D&D group that Micah and I play in of our characters, which is on a podcast. So I'm counting that. But uh, the one I think that is very much in the vein of what John was asking about, I have on my wall a very kind gift from my friend and uh, blogging partner, Jason Snell, which is a Susan Care print of the original Happy Mac. Uh, And it's got this Mm -hmm. really nice yellow orange gradient on the background. I just had that frame literally like a week or two ago. He gave us a very nice housewarming present like well before I moved in. I finally got around to framing it. And it's really fun because it's like orange uh, and yellow. And I got a nice little like a really cool orange metal frame. So it really pops. Um, and I really like it. So it's right next to my I'm looking at it right now. It's right next to my desk. So that is some that's some technology art for you right there. How about you, John? Nice. Because yeah, because I actually have, you know, Albert McMurray, he got me another Susan Care um, nice. print, which is the the watch uh, icon from mm. the classic Mac OS. Um, and so I have that up in my office. And 
I have it like I have it right between two classic Macs that are sitting there sort of as art because I hardly ever use them, although they both do work. Uh, and I am running up against a quandary now because I have been making I took the lid off of an old power book, one of the old aluminum ones. And so it does have the translucent Apple icon. And I got uh, a friend gave me some LED uh, lights that, you know, are really cool because you there's like a web page they're, they're Wi-Fi enabled and there's a web page you can go to to change the color of the lights and the pattern and everything like that. So I um, and he helped me solder, <laughs> figure out what needs to be soldered together and everything. And uh, I'm going to mount that behind the Apple logo and prop that up uh, as sort of a piece of art. And the perfect place for it would be right where that Susan Gear <laughs> print is. So I got to figure something out because I don't want to get rid of that for sure. Um, but I will uh, I'll make that work somehow. Thanks for your answers. All right. That's two topics down, two topics to go, which, of course, means it is halftime here at Clockwise. And this week's episode is brought to you by Electric. When leading your small business, it's not all glamour. In fact, sometimes it's a matter of spending hours trying to find a laptop lost in the mail for a new hire or dealing with some other technical emergency, which maybe you're well equipped to deal with, but you just don't have the time. Well, the team over at Electric knows small businesses that might be like yours face these kinds of challenges, and that's why they've solved this problem for you by operating as your IT department. Instead of spending your time sorting through unused application licenses or setting up employee laptops and answering never-ending IT questions from your team, you can build that empire. With Electric acting as your IT department, you can get back to what you're good at. Plus, you get a really cool IT platform to see and manage everything. As somebody who runs a small business, it's just me. That means I am my IT department. So as we just discussed, sometimes when you're, oh, my computers break, (laughs) I have to be the one to fix it, which is frustrating because I could be recording a podcast or editing a podcast or writing something totally different. So frankly, it'd be great if I could just offshore that all to an IT department like Electric. For Clockwise listeners, Electric is offering a free pair of Beats Solo 3 headphones for taking a qualified meeting. Just go to electric.ai slash clockwise. That's electric.ai slash clockwise. Go there now to get your free pair of Beats Solo 3 headphones today for scheduling a meeting. Our thanks to Electric for their support of this show. And halftime is over. So, Micah Sargent, what is your topic? My topic for you is a very simple one. There was a recent uh, study sort of thing, uh, a metadata gathering by Atlas VPN, uh, where they determined that uh, Safari has more than 1 billion users. And I was curious, what browser do you use and why do you use that browser? Kathy, we'll start with you. I use three different browsers for three different reasons. Um, Most of my uh, day-to-day stuff is on Safari just because it's all easy and interlinked in Mac OS and all of that. Um, I have one client that I do work in Chrome with and all of the stuff in Chrome. And if I go to Chrome, it's just to work with this one client. Um, and then I uh, use Firefox for my entertainment. So YouTube, my Netflix, all of all of that is logged in and saved on my Firefox account. I mean, so like Kathy, my almost all my day to day stuff is on Safari. However, the exception for me is I do use Chrome on occasion, uh, sometimes just because Safari is acting funky or there is a site that does just works better on mm-hmm. Chrome. Uh, case in point, Roll20, the virtual tabletop that Micah and I and Kathy have all played D&D on at various points, runs much better in Chrome than it does in Safari. It supports all the features and stuff. Um, so I end up using that 
for uh, all of my D&D playing. And I think there are other, some other like application-based sites that do tend to work better in Chrome. But I, I prefer Safari in, in large part, as Kathy said, because it's integrated with everything else that I use. And, you know, except for the occasions where I have to hit that big red sync button that doesn't exist, it usually <laughs> works pretty well. Uh, and also, as I'm sure John Moltz is going to mention, the privacy aspect of it is pretty big too. So I like <laughs> the fact that it blocks all the tracking uh, and is really, you know, keeps my information safe and secure. It's got integration with all the password manager stuff that's built into macOS and iOS. That's all great. So for me, Safari pretty much wins the day. John? Yeah, I, I, I use Safari mostly because it's just easy, but but also I do enjoy the privacy aspect of it, too. I do have I have Brave, uh, which is Chromium based uh, for but like my uh, there's every once in a while, of course, there's something that doesn't work quite right in Safari. And my uh, router's web page is unfortunately one of those things that does not format correctly in Safari. So it'll work, but like the columns are in the wrong position and stuff like that. So it's just annoying. So I use uh, Brave for that. And then the other two that I just play around with from time to time are the DuckDuckGo browser, and uh, which is WebKit, uh, which is nice, but they put the the X icons on the wrong side uh, of the tabs, which is annoying to me. Um, and then another one is Orion, which is made by Kagi. And that's very similar to Safari and DuckDuckGo. Um, and, but does have the, the, uh, the close icons on the right side, on the correct side, which is the left side. So um, I've been, uh, I've been enjoying that one as well. Nice. Yeah. I mostly use Safari because of its, well, when it's working, as Dan pointed out, its syncing ability between different devices. Um, for the most part, I can pull up the history that I had from another uh, phone or tablet or the Mac. And I do juggle so many different devices that it is very helpful to have that syncing. But I also have installed on my Mac Studio, I have Firefox. On my Intel MacBook Pro, I have all of the browsers, uh, but I'm keeping my studio clean. So just have Firefox and Safari there. Uh, Firefox is the one that I use when things that aren't working in Safari aren't working in Safari. And on the uh, Intel MacBook Pro, I will either use Firefox or or Chrome, I mean, uh, as the sort of secondary browser for whatever I need to do um, that doesn't work very well in Safari. But yeah, uh, thank you all for your, your admissions on that one. Let us move <laughs> to our final topic, which comes from Kathy. All right. We all have devices and hardware that we like or don't like or use every day or whatnot. Um, why are printers the worst? <laughs> well, Kathy, if you cast your mind back to a time shrouded in mystery, uh, there was a garden and a fruit was eaten and we were given printers. Inside inside every printer, there are two wolves. <laughs> yeah. One of them is full of toner and that's just a bad situation mm -hmm. to be in. Um, I mean, I think that, frankly, anything that deals with a situation where a digital or electronic device has to interface with reality is always going to have some, like, you know, physical goods is going to always going to have some challenges to it. I'm very lucky in that the printer that I've been using for many years is... I think in part because it's so old, it just sort of does what I need it to do, which is to say it, it prints in black and white <laughs> on the network. Uh, it's a laser printer. 
And that's really, you know, I don't need it so much that it ends up being something I get super frustrated with. It's a laser printer, so the toner doesn't run out very often. I agree. I've, I've wrestled with so many printers over the years, but my need to print a lot of stuff has definitely declined over the past decade or so. Uh, you know, obviously you still always have a, a, the occasional use for it. And I'm glad that I have one in house rather than having to go out and like find a place to print stuff. But you know, it's the, it's the best of all possible, terrible printers, I guess. The least of all printer (laughs) evils is one of those. Anyway, I, I agree that they're the worst. Uh, they're a sort of a necessary evil right now, but I expect that'll, I'll keep going downhill. That's my thought, John. Yeah, I think that's probably true. Unfortunately, I mean, I think that the, problem is the price points have dropped so low that now they're trying to find other ways to i mean of course they've always tried to monetize the printers through the ink um but even like i inherited a printer from my father-in-law and it was an in, in, in hp and i you know hooked it up at some point like it sat around for a while and i was like oh, i'll just hook this up since it's i mean it's one of those scanner printer um, combos and uh it started just like it, it constantly throws up this message that says um this printer needs to be connected to the internet in order to continue your subscription. <laughs> I don't wow. have a subscription. I don't wow. know what you're talking about. We've never met before. <laughs> and uh, it keeps working. It never it never actually stops working. I mean, it's been doing this for, for a couple of years now. And um, I, I assume that when he bought it, he probably bought like you get a, a ink subscription. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he probably got some sort of ink subscription. I just I'm using the ink that's in it until it runs out. And then I'm going to get rid it's of actually, thing, they, I think. But. They send you a new printer every three months, John, is <laughs> yeah. how it works. Yeah. Yeah. So I, don't, I mean, I don't know who they think they're charging for this, but it's not happening. And so. The whole business, I think, is not has gotten to the point where it's it's hit it's hit rock bottom and it's bouncing. It's doing a dead cat bounce. Uh, so the the one thing that I, I have an ancient HP like ten twelve or something like that. I mean, it's USB connected to an old iMac and it sits there and I don't change anything on it and I can still print it out anytime I need to. Um, so if you find the one that works, just leave it alone and mm-hmm. you know even keep an old <laughs> machine around if you have to in order to keep it running. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember it wasn't too long ago here on Clockwise where we were all talking about printers and there was uh, somebody was sort of doing a bit of printer shaming about inkjet printers. And I mentioned that I had a printer that I had since college that was an inkjet printer. And uh, I had I've had to clean the print heads a few times and whatnot to get it to work uh, again after moving and, and, you know, not using the printer for a while. But um, it is has always been you know pretty great i kid you not that day i got off the call and went to print something out that i needed and it was not working and i thought (laughs) oh great so i went through the normal thing of cleaning the print heads and doing all that and then i went even further by uh you have to like take out the cartridges and put a little bit of 99 percent isopropyl alcohol onto each of the print heads and do some sort of faux print runs and it was still not working and to this day uh you know that was maybe a month ago or something it it doesn't work anymore so i cursed myself um 
and I've been waiting for the supply chain shortage to come to a close so that I could get a new uh, laser jet printer, uh, in particular, a brother one that seems to be the popular uh, printer choice for printing in black and white. My problem is that I occasionally do want to print in color. And so the, the supply chain sh- shortage is helping me hem and haw on whether I should get the wire cutter recommended inkjet and continue down that path of destruction mm, and sadness. sadness or yeah. And madness <laughs> or just give up on printing in color. Uh, and I guess, I don't know, go to FedEx to do that. Give it's up, just give so up on printing Micah. That's the answer. Give, give that's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could. I wish I could, but there's something about uh, that physical manifestation of my uh, patterns for crocheting and knitting that I, I just need. <laughs> Kathy, tell us why you think printers are the worst and uh, what brought this question up. (laughs) Yeah, so I have a couple clients that I have to send physical things. Anytime you work with the government, they always want physical papers. It's dumb. But that means that I have to have a printer. I can't, you know, sign documents digitally because that's not what I'm doing. And earlier this week, I wanted to just kind of like blow up my office more so than when there was the spider in it earlier uh, (laughs) last week, Um, but I cannot get my laser printer to be seen by my computer anymore. It was seeing it, but it was saying that I was offline. Mm. And now, like after a couple restart, I restart, I restarted my computer 10 times yesterday to try and get it to work. And it's not. So instead, I had to use my inkjet printer because, of course, I have two printers and the ink is saying that it's full, like that there's enough ink, but it's not printing the right ink. So basically, I'm just <sighs> so tired of <laughs> not doing what it's supposed to do. Uh, but Dan, your, your your commentary on like this is not where the money is in making a better product. It's it's you know mm-hmm. selling the ink and mm-hmm. stuff. That makes sense as to why they're always terrible. So I will be having an office space celebratory printer explosion <laughs> later this week call me to rsvp please, and please we'll, film uh, it please film it. bring your own bat all right that's four topics down we got just enough time for a bonus topic but before we get there i want to tell you that this week's episode is brought to you by new relic look if you're a software engineer you've been there it's 9 p.m you're finally unwinding from work but then all of a sudden your phone buzzes with an alert something is broken your mind's already racing what could be wrong is it global is it the network now the whole team scrambling from tool to tool and messaging person after person to find and fix the issue. Look, that won't happen if you get New Relic. New Relic combines 16 different monitoring products that you'd normally buy separately so engineering teams can see across their entire software stack in one place. More importantly, you can pinpoint issues down to the line of code so you know exactly why the problem happened and you can resolve it quickly. That's why the dev and ops teams at DoorDash, GitHub, Epic Games, and more than 14,000 other companies use New Relic to debug and improve their software. Whether you run a cloud-native startup or a Fortune 500 company, it just takes five minutes to set up New Relic in your environment. Look, that next 9 p.m. call is just waiting to happen. Get New Relic before it does. You can get access to the whole New Relic platform and 100 gigabytes of data free forever. No credit card required. Sign up at newrelic.com slash clockwise. That's N-E-W-R-E-L-I-C dot com slash clockwise. That URL one more time, newrelic.com slash clockwise. Our thanks to New Relic for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Bonus topic, quickly, what is the longest car trip you have ever taken, John? 
Uh, I have driven across the country in one direction or the other, uh, I think a total of four times. And we did it last summer and we drove out to Vermont and then back uh, where my brother lives. And um, we took the dog with us. So it was extra long. (laughs) 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 Um, When I moved to California from Missouri, uh, it was a 28 hour trip with no overnight stops. Uh, So just, you know, stopping to Ah. refill gas and use the restroom, uh, driving straight through. It was uh, a friend of mine, thank goodness, and myself. Um, I ended up doing most of the driving because I had one of those nearly semi-sized trailers and my car attached to the back on one of those dealies it was not fun but uh we got there in the end and two dogs as well uh in in the vehicle luckily they are uh either one is a full chihuahua one's a chihuahua mix and so they were small dogs ours is a standard poodle oh my god oh my god (laughs) i was like micah's story is no room in those cats there are two dogs in your car (laughs) (laughs) Uh, kathy what about you um so probably the longest that I wasn't like a kid for, cause I think we drove from Oregon to like Yellowstone and back. Um, the weekend I got engaged, I flew into Chicago. We drew, drove up to where my parents were visiting friends in Wisconsin and then over to Northeast Indiana and then back to Chicago in a weekend. Um, and that was very long, not quite as long as either of you, but it was full of joy and getting to hang out with my fiance like that entire time it was very meaningful i loved it um when i was 22 i drove cross country to take one of my friends back to school and then uh we absconded with another one of our friends and drove him back cross country um (laughs) which was kind of weird because it was uh, spur of the moment uh but before that stuffed in the trunk uh, yep that's right uh i uh I, i knew i could do this because when i was 17 i went with two of my cousins cross country And I was there mainly to sit in the middle seat of a van because there was also a five-year-old and a (laughs) three-year-old. So, (laughs) uh, yeah, childcare, free. Wow. Um, Anyways, thank you all for your answers to that bonus topic. Hey, if you'd like to get ad-free episodes with an extra overtime topic every week, you can become a Clockwise member. Just go to relay.fm slash clockwise. You can sign up for just $5 a month or $50 a year, and you'll help support the show. In this week's Overtime Topic, we're discussing automations. And that is the end of the show. All that remains is for us to thank our fantastic guest this week. John Moltz, thank you so much for being here. Dan, I, it's just another day where I have to wait one more day to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> and Kathy Campbell, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for being my bestie, Micah. (laughs) (laughs) Suck it, Dan. (laughs) Well, Micah and I will be back next week, probably. Uh, But until then, we remind everybody listening out there, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody.